I was talking with my mom about, you know, our trip over there. And we were talking about food and talking about just in general diets. And um, my my Jesse University diet was, was quite a, a unique one. We were just kind of reflecting on some of the different diets that we've had. And I, I survived on Easy Mac. And that's like macaroni and cheese that you microwave. Uh, it's very good for you. And um, and frozen chicken nuggets. And so it's a miracle I'm still alive. Um, but that was that was my Jesse University diet. And I was thinking about some other diets. Um, have you has, have you ever done the Daniel fast? Anybody done the Daniel fast? There's a couple. That's you only eat vegetables and whole grain. Now I I like my Jesse University diet a whole lot more than that. But I was talking with just about diets and, and what, what kind of diets people have had. And, and my mom shared one with me that I, have you ever heard of the cabbage soup diet? So there's a couple of people that have heard of the cabbage soup diet. I think I purposefully wouldn't want to hear about a cabbage soup diet for myself. But the whole premise of this, to my understanding, I haven't tried it. I'm not a, I'm not, it's not a testimonial today. But you're only allowed to eat cabbage soup. That's the only thing that you're allowed to eat. But you can eat as much of it as you want. So cabbage soup, so you can put whatever goes in cabbage soup. I avoid most things that would probably go into that soup, except the chicken broth. And even then, not the chicken broth, just the chicken. I eat the chicken. And then um, an, another new diet fad, have you, have you heard of paleo? Do we have any paleo partakers in the house today? So we've heard of it. We don't believe in it, though. Okay, so, so paleo. So do you know what the basic premise of paleo is? So, and I'll probably get it a little bit wrong, but the, the general premise is that you're going to eat whatever a caveman could have eaten or would have eaten. I mean, I have some debates around this because I'm pretty sure if you put some ice cream in front of a caveman, I imagine he might have eaten that. But I, and I don't think that's the spirit of the, of the diet. But along with paleo comes not just the diet, right? But have you heard of CrossFit? CrossFit is this worldwide phenomenon of exercising, and um, which, again, I'm also not fond of. <laughs> These are, this is the thing of things that I don't like this morning, right? But paleo, but paleo goes hand in hand with CrossFit. So CrossFit is this exercise regime, and paleo is this way of eating that really, I guess you could best describe it as they're eating food in the way that they think it was intended to be eaten in its purest form, in its best form. So they're rejecting anything that's processed, anything that has has been messed with by man to come into you. So anything that's in a bag or anything they don't want to... So they do a lot of fruit and vegetables and um, and meat, a lot of meat. So I'm, I'm big on that. My steak's waiting for me. But this morning, if you just check up the slide for me, Isaac... Um, the topic that we're talking about this morning is, is called made new, made new. So, you know, the Bible says that we're a new creation, and we're going to look in Corinthians in a little bit to see a little bit more about what that scripture says. But the Bible says that we're made new, and we're going to talk a little bit about this morning and really just start the journey on what does it mean that we're made new. And we each probably have a different take on what that means, or we probably internalize that differently, or maybe we don't really know what that means. It's kind of a complex concept, I think. We've been made new. And we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. But before we do, I wanted to draw some comparisons between the cabbage soup diet and the paleo diet in regards to our newness. So, you know, 20 bucks for anybody that figures out the, the relation there. But I was thinking about it. When, when I was talking about these diets, there's something that hit me in regards to um, I think quite a powerful illustration in regards to our newness. 
But how many of you know that what we believe ultimately affects what you do? What you believe ultimately shapes your actions. And so this morning, we're not going to go too much into those actions, but we're going to be centering around this belief. And this morning, I'm actually quite excited because when we were just kind of talking about some things that were in our heart, I was talking with Pete and then also Bruce Billington, who's not here this morning. We found that there was a very similar thread that was needling its way through some of the things that were on our heart. And this morning, what I'm going to share has actually been on my heart for quite some time. And I've been kind of waiting for an opportunity of when is the right time to share it. And I was, I didn't even know if it was maybe for next year. And I've been holding on to it for a couple of months at least. And, uh, but when, when we started to talk with Pete and Bruce Billington, and it was such an obvious thing that there was this theme coming across that I think it's going to be a really, um, important time to share that. So I hope that you have a little bit of expectation that this isn't a random kind of outworking of a message today, but that there's going to be a follow on next week from Pete and then the week after that from Bruce Billington about this concept of newness. But this morning we're going to be talking about belief. So belief, what you ultimately believe will shape what you do. And so when I was looking at the cabbage soup diet, I thought about it in terms of faith. And I think too often what we believe about our faith or what we believe about who we are is oftentimes what we kind of like it's the picture of a cabbage soup diet, meaning we're defined by in our faith a very rigid set of rules and regulations. You can only eat cabbage soup. That's the only thing that you can eat. And that's what defines us as our faith. It can. Another aspect of it is you're really defined not by even what you eat, but you're more defined by what you don't eat. So in regards to faith, oftentimes it's so easy to fall into the category that we think that we believe that our faith is defined by what we don't do. And if we just contrast that with the paleo diet. So the paleo is a, complete, uh, is a completely different foundation of how people live life. They don't choose a set of rules that they're looking at to live their life by. They actually have a complete foundation that determines why they do those things. So for instance, they believe that they're eating food in the way that it was intended to be eaten in its purest form. So how many of you know that the success rate for paleo is far higher than the cabbage soup diet? The paleo and CrossFit has literally swept the world with probably millions of people that are believers in this kind of diet. The cabbage soup diet has not swept the world. But here's the picture that we need to catch that I think is quite telling for faith. That if we have, if we believe that our faith is just based on we have this really narrow set of rules and regulations that we have to abide by, and that we're really more defined by what we don't do, that we don't swear, that we don't lie, and that's what defines who we are, then I believe there will be an outworking that reflects that. Meaning, how many people do you think stay on the cabbage soup diet? I don't know. Is anybody on the cabbage soup diet? Maybe there is. There there might be somebody to, to prove me wrong there. But do you know how many people have stayed on the paleo diet for a whole long time and why it swept the world? Because there's something about when the foundation of your world shifts to something and what you believe about your faith, what you ultimately believe shapes what you do. And I, I believe that Part of our newness as a foundation as we're talking about it is far more that we are partaking 
in the very best of what God originally intended, not that we're geared by a set of rules and regulations that are very narrow and we're defined by what we don't do. And Pete is going to talk a little bit more about what it looks like to to walk this out and what those things that we're called to do and some of the things that will happen in that regard. But do, do we feel good about that, that it's so important to shift our perspective of what we believe about our faith, that we're not defined by what we don't do, but that we're defined by a completely new foundation of life that, in fact, when we're in Christ, we're now saying we want to partake of the very best of what he has for us and that we're not limited by only doing cabbage soup or this or that. So that's just a foundation I wanted to set this morning. The, the main passage of Scripture that we're going to use is this, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, and it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. What does that mean to you when it says the old has passed away and the new has come? What does that mean? Has anyone else other than me been confused by that, by my own actions? Have you ever been frustrated when it doesn't feel like you're new and that the old man seems to be too ready to come to the party? Is is it just me? Or have you been frustrated before because it seems like no matter what you do, that it's more of an uphill battle against your old man and it doesn't feel like the old man has passed away? It feels like it's a struggle that you can't get out of this depression or that you can't get over this addiction or you just can't seem to push past this anger button when somebody pushes your buttons. It feels like the old man is still kind of there. That's one of the things I hope we can look at today because I've been in a place like that before at times in my faith where I feel like I'm more defined by what I can't do and I feel like I'm battling against it. And it's that cabbage soup mentality that you're... You're only allowed to eat cabbage soup, but you're thinking about ice cream and you're thinking about Easy Mac and you're thinking about Thanksgiving dinner and you're thinking about chicken nuggets. And you, you're you so focused on the things that you can't do that ultimately, like the cabbage soup diet, you don't sustain in that. And so that's a little bit of what we're going to, I guess, begin exploring this morning. So what do you believe about what it means to be new? When Jesus says, if anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation, the old has passed away. That's a powerful, that's a powerful declaration about who we are. But I know that it can be hard to sometimes feel the walking in that. So the story that, that the, the thing that I mentioned earlier that I've been wanting to share is the one that I'm going to share right now that, that happened in, um, this, this past winter. And I believe there's just, there's, um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in, in, in that story. And I'm going to share that with you this morning. But I was driving to work as I normally do, and um, I, I probably drive back and forth a couple times a day if I go home for lunch. And uh, I, I don't know what the road is called, but it's the one, you know, where Awaken is on. Um, and then you just keep, say it again, Ron? Ferguson Drive. And so I was, I was on Ferguson Drive on my way down just from the, like, off the main highway, and I was coming down. And I go there, like, every single day, obviously, there and back, and I saw a police officer you know, it's a good story when a police officer is involved. I saw a police officer on the other side of the road, and they were parked. 
and I would consider myself a friendly, uh, a fairly friendly person. And so as I'm driving, you know, I, I, I did the courteous thing and I smiled. I, I don't know if I gave a wave, but I was just happy and, um, and I did not get a happy response back to me and she did not smile back at me. And I figured maybe it's a New Zealand thing. So I just continued on my way. And, um, and sure enough, she, she put on her lights and she did a U-turn and pulled me over. And I was really confused. I figured she pulled me over for smiling, you know, just no friendly people. Um, but she pulled me over, and, um, and, and I really didn't know why she pulled me over. I go down that road all the time. The speed limit there is 50 kilometers an hour, so, I mean, it's not anything crazy. And I'm not a fan of getting speeding tickets either. I, I'm, I, I don't have a money tree growing anywhere. I don't necessarily have any money to give to the government for my speeding habits. So I'm, I'm really cautious, and I'm really conscientious, and I never am trying to go above the speed limit. I, I, and I, since I drive the road all the time, I'm really used to going down there, so I make sure I don't, you know... It's just my natural path, so I don't necessarily have to check too much. And so she said, she said, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, no, I'm sorry, I don't. You know, I said, sorry for smiling, and she, she was fine with it. Um, but she, she said to me, she said, you were going 62 kilometers an hour. I said, no, ma'am, that must have been somebody else you saw, you know. I didn't tell her that. Um, but she pulled me over, you've been going 62 kilometers an hour. And I was quite confused at the time, and I said, I don't believe I was. You know, I go down this road all the time. I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a hurry. I'm not trying to get anywhere. And, and then, you know, they do as they do, and she went back to her car. And I sometimes wonder what they're doing back there, too. You know, I sometimes think they're probably just, hey, I've got another one waiting. You know, let's, how long are we going to make him sweat for, you know? And she came back, and she only gave me a warning. So God is gracious, okay? Um, and, but as I was leaving... I was, I was still kind of confused, and I said, it doesn't make sense, because 62 kilometers an hour is, is quite a bit above 50 kilometers an hour. It wasn't like a 53 or a 54 where she was just, she didn't like my smile, right? She said, you're going 62 kilometers an hour. And I realized, it was it, just as I was driving to work, that we'd just gotten the car fixed. So the car had just been fixed, and we'd gotten a warrant of fitness, and the speedometer had been broken. And the speedometer was 12 kilometers too fast. So when I was driving at 50 kilometers an hour before, it was in reality 62 kilometers an hour. So as I was driving down the hill and she pulled me over going 62 kilometers an hour, you can see where my confusion came because what 62 kilometers an hour felt like for me was right on the money for 50 kilometers an hour. And so I had this realization that you can be made new and still be going down the old path. You can be made new, but still be going down that same path that you've always gone down before. I wonder what that looks like for you this morning. To me, there was something centered around the belief that I had. Remember, the belief that you have ultimately affects what you do. I had completely forgotten, completely forgotten that my car had been fixed or even had a problem in the first place. And so as such, the belief about myself was exactly the same as if it, as it was before I had even been made new. If you forget who you are, then what happens is you default to who you were. 
If you forget who you are, then you're going to default back to who you were, and you're going to be walking in the same things that you've always walked in. And there's another concept here that I want to talk to you about as well. In psychology, there's this thing called a self-fulfilling prophecy. Self-fulfilling prophecy. And it pretty much means that if you have a strongly held belief or conviction, if you believe something really strongly, regardless if it's true or if it's false, eventually, because of your belief, it will become true. Regardless if at the beginning it was true or not. A self-fulfilling prophecy. If you believe that you're broken, regardless if you've been fixed or not, what's going to happen? Eventually, you're going to be walking in that brokenness again, regardless if you've been fixed. So the car, I'm driving at what I think is 50 kilometers an hour. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm used to what feels right. I'm used to where I've, oh, I've gone down this road a million times before. How many times in the behaviors and the patterns of your life, maybe it's between a conversation with your spouse, I've gone down this path before. It's when they say this thing, what's my natural response? I say, oh, no, you didn't, you know, and, and you go wherever you go. And you're, whatever happens at work, when, when, you, when that flip switches or when you're alone and you, you go somewhere where you shouldn't go or you have a really bad day and then your car finds its, its way down that path to, to the pub for a couple extra drinks and then a couple more drinks because it's the same path that you've always gone on before. The heart of my message this morning is that if you are to understand that you were made new, you give yourself permission not to go down that road anymore. This is a powerful concept that you have been made new and the old has passed away. But I think at the heart of that is a foundation that sometimes we don't believe we've been made new. We don't believe we've been made new because there's these things that keep happening where we keep going down the old way. But I believe that you can be made new and still be going down the old path. But at the heart of what we're looking at today is that your belief ultimately affects what you do and and what your actions look like. If you believe that your old has not passed away, or here, catch this, if you believe that your faith is more of this cabbage soup diet where everything else is actually a lot better and you're always fighting against this, then you're probably not going to sustain it. But if you understand that our faith is actually much more like we're choosing the very best of what God has intended for us, your life is has a, has a plan and a purpose like we've talked about. You've got dreams, and those dreams are going to be fulfilled to the nth degree by God. Then we don't start defaulting to we're only defined by what we don't do. You don't default back to this very small, narrow-minded view of faith where you can't get beyond it because you're already set up for failure because you have a belief about yourself that you haven't been made new because it's unattainable. But can I tell you this morning, it's very good news that you have been made new and that the old has passed away. Can I share this um, very quickly with you? Uh, This is from Chris Vallotton is is, uh, from Bethel. And he says this, and this is the difference because some of you might be saying, yes, I believe that. I can understand that we've been made new. I hear what you're saying, Jesse, that I can still be made new and still be going down the old path. But we still carry the condemnation from the old path, if you will. And so I want to share this about condemnation versus conviction. Condemnation says this, and this is his quote, this is not mine. 
You lied, therefore you are a liar. You got drunk, therefore you must be an alcoholic. Condemnation tries to convince us that our bad action is the fruit of being a bad person. On the other hand, conviction says this. You are way too awesome to act like that. Conviction reminds us of our God-given identity and calls us to act like a son or daughter of God. I think that was so powerful. I want to give you a very practical um, outworking of this in my own life over this past weekend. So my son is not a sleeper. He doesn't believe in sleep. And I was getting really frustrated with him. And I was getting quite upset and just in general because it was three in the morning and, and we hadn't slept. And the next morning I was like, man, Jesse, you got to just relax. You shouldn't get so angry or whatever it was. And he was fine. It was more just in and of myself. And I started to go down the track because I'd been dwelling over this. And I'm saying I have two options here. I have to embrace the condemnation that, Jesse, you just, you're not up to the mark. Or I can say, Jesse, what has God called you to? He's actually called you to be a loving father when, people, when your kids need you the most. If it's three in the morning or if it's at the most inopportune times. And so for me, I had this shift immediately, reminding myself of my new nature rather than being disappointed at my old nature of the old man has passed away. I recognize actually I'm giving myself permission to live up to the expectation or to live up to who God has called me to be rather than fighting against the old person because it's, it's undergirded with a fundamental belief. Are you, do you believe you're made new or do you believe you're still the old person? Because what you believe ultimately will dictate your actions. I love, this is another Chris Valentin quote. He says this, if you believe you are a sinner or you believe, let's use the old man, then of course you will sin by faith. It's a powerful statement. What you believe ultimately dictates what you will do. If you don't believe, in fact, you've been made new, you believe you're the old person, you're actually what? Giving yourself somewhat permission to go where you've always gone. But rather, I would submit to you when you're driving down the road and the police officer pulls you over, the Holy Spirit gives you a little bit of a nudge. Hey, you're actually going 62 kilometers an hour. We don't take it as condemnation, but we take it as conviction to be called into who we are of God. If the body of Christ could connect with this idea, we would have a whole lot of people that don't need to continue going to church to feel better about themselves, but we'd have a group of people that understand who they're called to be that can go and minister that life we've been talking about to give away. Amen? Don't allow the condemnation, but rather allow the conviction to work in you. Condemnation wants you to embrace your old identity, but conviction reminds you of who you are. This is far more about embracing the freedom in Christ. And I know this, this, can, this can be quite a huge topic to wrap our heads around, and I'm not attempting to try and go to the ins and outs of every outworking of what this is. But if we just catch on that, in fact, you are a new creation and the old has passed away. You are a new creation and the old has passed away. Does that excite anyone else except me? Because that's a powerful concept. You are new and the old is gone. So when the old resurfaces, what, what do you do? You're not challenged by that to embrace that as an identity, but give yourself permission 
to say, actually, this is who God has called me to be and let him do his work in you like he will. If you are in Christ, you're a new creation. This is about embracing that freedom in Christ. The way that I see it is we have to have this foundation that our faith is this paleo CrossFit diet where those people are crazy. They're like CrossFit, you know, the, the only rule about CrossFit is that you have to talk about CrossFit. Um, they are so into their, their, people even call it a religion because people are so bought into it. But I think that's such a powerful concept because, and I love the, the whole ethos in, re, in regards to they're only choosing the best and the purest foods. That if we understand our newness and our faith is not trying to say no to all these things, but choosing the very best. And that when God closes a door on us, it's no longer this big disappointment because we know he has the very best for us. Our ethos of faith doesn't say he's trying to box me in, but rather he's trying to get me out of that box and to choose the very best food. But first and foremost, we have to believe that we have been made new because if we believe that we're made, that we're kind of broken still, then we're going to live up to those expectations all the more. So this morning, the challenge is to declare that you have been made new. Amen? Revelations 21 verse 5 says this, He who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Behold, I am making all things new. Um, what I would love to do is, um, if I could have the worship team just come back up very, very briefly. And if you could just play, I don't know, set a fire maybe, Andy. I, I want to give those that want a chance to respond to this a chance to respond to this, but I also want to give those a chance to go to lunch to go to lunch. I think there is a powerful concept in here that I don't want you to give an, I, I don't want to not give an opportunity to respond to some time with God up the front. There is, I think there's power in making a response when you hear something that strikes a chord. That if in fact you have been made new, this could be the difference between something you've been battling for a whole long time for a perspective change to recognize, actually, I've been made new. And you're actually declaring war to some degree on that thing that has been coming at you because you're saying, I'm not going to take on the identity of whatever that thing is that I've been wrestling with. I'm not going to take on the identity of insecurity or of depression or of lust, whatever the category you find. But in fact, I'm going to declare I have been made new that the old has passed away, but it has to come with a belief and an understanding that you have been made new. And you might have been going down old paths, but it doesn't negate the fact that you're new. Me and the busted up car where the speedometer was off, I was still going down the old path, but in fact, I had been made new. And I just needed to look at the warning signs of things that were going on around me, like the Speedo and then the lovely non-smiling police officer. That God will send along your path in the way of accountability and friends and in his word and in worship and in prayer where he's given you these, these insights as the Holy Spirit nudges you. Because if you're in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit residing in us. And if you don't know Christ this morning, can I also invite you to come up to take on this new creation, to take on this new character? So as they play, at this point, you'll be dismissed if you want to be dismissed. The only thing I would ask that you um, give, give some space for people that would like to come up the front. I'll invite the elders to come up and pray for those that would need it. If you don't want prayer, just say you don't want prayer, but we're going to be available here to pray for you. But if you guys could just play and you can begin whenever. Um, but I'll just pray and dismiss us. But those that, I, that would like to respond, I just want to give you an opportunity to do so. Father, we just, we come before you right now, Jesus. 
Lord, we, we speak against any distractions that would be trying to take your word away from your people already. Lord, I thank you that each and every one of us that is in Christ has been made new. Lord, we call up this entire group of people to the standard of walking in who you've called them to be. Where condemnation wants to link them to whatever that thing is that's been holding on. But conviction calls them up to who you've called them to be. Jesus, we don't, we're not limited by what we don't do, but you have so much for us. You have the very best that was intended for us, Father. Lord, I pray that you would move amongst your people, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would minister what needs to be ministered, put protection over those that need protection. Lord, as we go into this week victorious, uh, as the All Blacks, Lord, we walk victorious here in life as well. Jesus, I pray that your presence would fall in this place and let this week be a very good week. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, please feel free to leave if you'd like. If not, come and utilize the altar as a space to come and connect.